Hello and welcome to Rookie Movie Reviews. I'm Jenny. And I am Dan. Dan, what did we watch? We watched Avengers Infinity War. What do you think of it? What did you think of it? I would say it's one of the top 100 movies of all time. If I was put on the spot. Yeah, Avengers Infinity War. I do want to start by covering my tracks. Uh-huh. Or covering my butt. Oh. And saying that I have not seen every single Marvel movie. Oh, man. And I've only oh, seen no. Iron Man 1, 2, 3, like one time. Most I've only seen once. Uh, so if I say something and it's proven wrong by an event in like Ant-Man and the Wasp, then I'm sorry. I I enjoy the movies, but I am not on top of them all. So same disclaimer. Perfect. Just didn't wanted to get that out of the way. Didn't even think about that. Um, and I think that uh, that's pretty relevant because I would say that this movie and then also Endgame is on this list seem really tied to. Like, they're, they're listed as two of the 100 greatest of all time by fans because they're really representative of this amazing event, of this 21-whatever-movie universe culminating into two final Let's films. Let's just not state anything that might be construed as a fact so that no one will get mad at us. Okay. I think I can swing that. Except for the fact that this movie came out in 2018. That is a fact, and it's directed by the Russo brothers. And, well, I was going to get into how I'm surprised it came out in 2018, because I know we've seen this movie before, but Endgame also, and Captain Marvel, and da-da-da, also just came out. So it's kind of crazy how they pumped these th- these movies out. Yeah, um, I agree. Those were pretty good. Yeah, so this was 2018. Marvel, Captain Marvel was also 2018, 2019 was Infinity War, or Endgame, and uh, the Spider-Man movie, Far From Home. Oh yeah, did we see all of those in theaters? I want to say yes. Gosh. We yeah. used to go, before the bad times, yeah. <laughs> to this theater called Flick's Brewhouse, and it's baller, they serve beer. I think we've referenced tenders. this uh, theater on this podcast before. So, double down, and it's like, if you have a flex near you, it's amazing. When this is all over, I really recommend going to one. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we'll see, though, because they're not making movies right now, either. Yeah, right. It's going to be (sighs) an explosive return to reality. Well, it won't be. It'll be like a dimmer switch. (laughs) An explosive dimmer switch. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so this movie kicks off. Right from the end of Thor Ragnarok, which could have been 2018 as well. I don't know. I wouldn't um, state that because we can't prove that. In either 2017 or 2018. Whoa, I'm whoa, whoa. It came out with. It came out in the 2000s. We know that much. Yes. Late 2000s? Yeah, I think we can go that far. Late, late 2010s. All right, yeah. Nice. We're getting real specific. No. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically said no. Um,. So it kicks off just after Ragnarok ends. Thor is on a spaceship with a bunch of Asgardians after fleeing the destruction of Asgard. And 
we see that they're basically all dead or dying. And the children of Thanos, I don't know any of their names except Black Maw or Ebony Maw. Maw. Um, I guess we can't even say the children's names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ebony Maw is correct, though. You're yeah, right. he's a... Oof. He's a creepy guy. Yeah. But, he's uh, got a black mouth. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's his maw. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, uh, Thanos rolls through, kicks the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone's dying. It's a very dramatic opening scene, right? Yeah, Loki gets murdered. Yeah, and that was a, a gross. Oh yeah, the way he gets choked to death and he turns purple. Oof. It's so slow. It seemed really brutal because this is a PG thirteen movie. Seem pretty brutal. You know what else was PG thirteen? Indiana Jones. Yeah, this was not as brutal as Indiana Jones. Can you believe that that movie came out in the eighties and this was a less brutal movie? And it's about this essentially this warlord who's trying to change the entire universe to have half its beings, and it's less bloody. Than Indiana Jones, yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, there's fewer burning deaths, less melting. Ugh. But there are there are some really gross deaths, including this one. Slowly watch Loki have his neck snapped, and it like does not cut away. Oh yeah, it's it was uh, it was gross, and it raises stakes. My favorite part of this sequence is when Thanos just kicks the crap out of the Hulk. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time seeing this in theaters, and it was really nuts to see someone that's been built up as unbeatable physically, the Hulk, just totally manhandled. And I think that's a really good move to establish immediately how strong this dude is, even just base. He's only got one stone or whatever at this point. Yeah. Well, he has two now, because he... Yeah, he got the Tesseract, so he got the... I was going to look up what the stones meant. Oh, yeah. The, As a refresh. I've seen this movie three times now, and I have I don't even know what all six stones are. Ugh. Even though there's a sequence explaining exactly what the six stones are. Oh, God. We're so good at this. It's fine. We don't this make is any a, money it's, off of it. It's largely review. It's not... We do recap the movie. I don't know. Yeah. We're still figuring it out. But... Go fight us at <laughs> RookieMovieReviews.com. Yes, or send us an email... At RookieMovieReview at gmail.com. Yes. Um, The one thing that I liked a lot about, well, there were a couple things I liked a lot, which I already said. But a quote that was funny was when they get the Tesseract off of Loki and after he dies, Ebony Maw says, the universe is in your grasp, Thanos. And immediately after he says that line, he crushes the Tesseract and turns it to dust and then takes the stone out of it. So I feel like this movie is kind of full of what is that? One of your beard hairs. Ah, good find. I left that there for you. This movie is full of very like basic baseline. Um, I don't want to talk shit too much or anything, but all of the clever stuff is going to be there for a, a, a casual viewer to notice. Like the universe is in your grasp and then he crushes it. That's not high cinema level symbolism or anything you know is that agreeable or is that just a bunch of shit i like what you said just now oh thank you (laughs) so since we talked about it the stones are the space stone and that was in the tesseract 
What does it say what they do? Um, control space, I suppose. No, it does, this chart doesn't. It, oh, okay. Let's see here. He already had the power stone. Which, which he, he got, got off screen, right? He got it in the... Yes. So, there was the dance-off to save the universe, but then he got it back. Yeah, I don't remember Guardians that much. Anyway, we should watch yeah. Guardians again. Those were good movies. Though I love those movies. So he started the movie with the purple one. The Power Stone. Yes. And then he got the blue one, which is the Space Stone, which was inside the Tesseract. And then what are the other stones? Okay. Uh, the Reality Stone, which is in Nowhere. The Time Stone, which Doctor Strange has. The Mind Stone, which is in Vision. And the Soul Stone... By the way, if you haven't seen these movies, there's spoilers oh, when yeah. we do these quote-unquote reviews. Yeah, so watch them. But uh, who hasn't seen Infinity War? Who's, yeah, I don't know. I, my favorite part... Oh, sorry. One thing I really appreciate about these movies is how they do such a good recap of all the other older movies. Like, I, when we get introduced to Doctor Strange, there's a Doctor Strange movie... I fell asleep when we were trying to watch it, because... I passed out drunk. Mm, I don't want to drink that on the podcast. <laughs> okay. I fell asleep because it was a boring movie. Okay. And Benedict Cumberdoodle had an American accent, and I just can't jive with it. Yeah, it's weird. It's a pretty good one, though. Is it? I think. Did I'm... you watch it? In, well, when he speaks in Infinity War, because he's all oh, over Infinity War. Oh, it's a good Infinity accent. War. Yeah. Have you seen Doctor Strange, though? No, I fell asleep. <laughs> okay, we can keep in the pass out thing, just so that's funny. Um, so, uh, what, what were you saying? Before we get introduced we... to Doctor Strange. Oh, okay, yeah. Who has so, the time stone? Uh, Hulk crashes through. Oh, yeah. And then he's all like, oh... Thanos is coming, Thanos is coming. And, uh... He crashes through a spruce banner. Yes. And this is his return to Earth after being on Asgard. And so he's been missing for like a year, I think. Yeah, or yeah, longer. The, everyone's shocked because he's on that... Um, he ended... He, in Ragnarok, he ended up on Asgard and <sighs> he was doing gladiator work on like oh, yeah. Scar or whatever. So I just noticed my hair is all tangled. It's fine. Anyway, God, we're so professional. How do we get this professional? And then we get our blasted title card of Thanos is coming, and Strange is like, who? Yes. Ba bam, Infinity War. Ba bam. It's funny. It is funny. I f who's the funniest character in this movie? I feel like if there's tons of jokes. Yeah. Oh, we'll no one's trying to be a comedian. Well, that's a lie, because Stark obviously is trying to make quips all the time. Yeah, and so is Star Lord. Peter Quill? Yeah, well, he's not so much trying to make jokes, just as he's... He just comes off as super funny. Yeah, he gets Because it's Andy Dwyer. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Played by... Chris, Chris, a Chris Pratt. Pratt. I have to look something up. Hold on. What you looking at? Who's the magic guy? Oh, who plays Wong? No, um... The guy Idris Elba plays... Oh, Heimdall. Heimdall, thank you. Yeah. Um, Heimdall gets stabbed in the chest in the opening, too. Yep. Lots of people die. 
Thor loses everyone. Yes. Which becomes super important in this movie and in an endgame. Mm-hmm. Thor's character arc is really good. Truly. Really sad. He's got I'm excited to talk about that scene later on where he's talking with Rocket. Oh boy. But it's a really good piece of acting. Um do you have anything that you want to like cover before the title card or should we Nope, chop it was just along? important to call out that Heimdall died. Yes. He he does die. After he summons the Bifrost, which is like his whole thing. He's the bri- the Bifrost guy on Asgard. The magic rainbow that carries Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. And he just carries Hulk. It's like, why did he aim for Hulk instead of Thor or anybody, like any people? He just zips Hulk out of there. It feels like he is this big beam. He probably could have hit Thor and Hulk with it. it that struck me as right. I was really expecting him to zip Thor out of there. I don't know. Minor detail. It's no. probably tough to aim that thing, especially when Not you're dying. Minor. Big detail. I hope a nerd tells us why. I hope a nerd is listening and tells us why. That'd be nice. A nerdier nerd. A yeah. nerd that is successful at nerding. I'm no I'm no nerd. I'm one of bash nerds. Cracking <laughs> <I'm laughs> myself up with it's always sunny references. <coughs> oh, <Christ. laughs> oh, so after the title card we cut over to the Starks. Um with Pepper. Yeah. Pepper uh, Potts. Pepper Potts, the Snake oil saleswoman. Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. No, she's selling her vagina candles. Yeah. Was like That's healthy. not snake oil. Are you supposed to put it on you? No. Snake oh, oil as a concept just, of Okay, I got bullshit. Like, it's not essential oils. Or maybe it is. Also, crap. I don't want to... I don't want to get the rage of essential oil saleswoman. Oh, God. We're really lighting a lot of fires with this particular episode. Okay, uh-huh. whatever, let's go. <laughs> so they're talking about wanting kids. He talks about naming their kid Morgan after Gwyneth Paltrow's grandpa. Her uncle. Her, her uncle. eccentric uncle. And then uh, Banner shows up. And they're specifically talking about, like, we can't have a family, or Pepper Potts says we can't have a family because of your obligations. and Because of, you'll never be able to be a stable dad. You have all this shit. And he's like, okay, no more surprises. Two seconds later, Banner shows up for the first time in however long and says that the world's going to end. In a magic portal with Doctor Strange. Yes. Who we haven't met before. This is something else that's bizarre to me. Yes. He says, I'm Stephen Strange. You're Tony Stark. They're just meeting. You'd think that in positions that they have, where they're literally the most powerful people in New York, mm-hmm. they probably would have met before. Well, I don't know. Doctor Strange has different universal obligations, whereas Tony Stark's trying to save, like, the United States. Mm. Also the world at different times, but mostly New York, it seems like. That's fair. I suppose that's fair. He's a smaller time big hero. He's, He's just now getting introduced to the cosmic stuff. Yeah, they bring him back to Strange's abode. In New York, and this, I really like this scene because we've got Wong and Doctor Strange, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, and this is what's so, the movie's so entertaining because they joke around with these characters, you know the characters so well, and when you get scenes where they're all together, which is most of the movie, all the jokes they're making and the friction between their personalities and 
what they're what they know and what they don't know and all that just is really fun to watch particularly when Robert Downey Jr. is in the scene oh yeah funny guy so the scene where they go back to Strange's apartment and talk about the stones and talk about you know the the implications of this guy coming to collect them all it's a it's a funny scene I, I, I like this scene big plus Big plus. His abode is called the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> it's a weird name. Should we wait for those sirens to pass? I wonder how much they're picked up. It's just a gaggle of emergency vehicles out there. Are they getting closer? Oh. Pugsley, what did you do? <laughs> the law is on to him. Now Pugsley's loudly cleaning himself. Damn it. <laughs> it's so hard to be professional. Uh, should we still wait? Do you think that's okay? I don't know if they're getting picked up or not. Are they just circling the neighborhood? <laughs> oh boy. Right when I think they're about to fade out, it's like a renewed energy of sirens. Good to go. <laughs> Five minutes later. Ugh. So this, the stones are explained, and these are the stones that you just... Uh, you you took on the role of Wong just a few moments ago, explaining the stones. I wouldn't say no to a tuna melt. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll give you a metaphorical or metaphysical ham on rye. <laughs> so, yeah. These are but, the jokes. These are the jokes from the movie. I love... The, Probably going to say it a couple times, but there's a lot of funny quotes in the movie. And no quotes that they're going to be super significant for that make me roll my eyes super hard. And I feel like most of the jokes line for me. I think people will say that Marvel movies tend to be too funny. Like a lot of friends of mine had that criticism of Thor Ragnarok. I feel like after Guardians of the Galaxy and its success, they definitely started leaning more into that style. Yeah, that's fair. Like, James Gunn really had an influence on the series. That's a good point, but it's just a renewed round of sirens What's that I'm happening? waiting for. I wonder if they last this long every single time. And we just and we aren't just, aware. Yeah, we're not trying to record anything, so we don't care. Yeah, but that's a good point. Guardians of the Galaxy was... I don't know if people were surprised by how much of a hit it was. They seem like a pretty niche superhero group. Yeah, so for that reason, I would... Yeah. I mean, maybe hardcore comic fans are surprised. Yeah, I, I wasn't really connected to the comics at all, and I'm still not. I, I'm just no, a me movie person. But that's a good point. This movie's very funny. I feel like criticisms might be that it's too funny, and I wrote down a couple scenes that seem undercut by a joke. But for the most part, the jokes really land for me throughout. And Strange and Wong talking about, you know, just going to the deli to get a sandwich is made into this funny scene, like a banter. So good point there, Jenny. Um, what happens? Wong, Wong. Wong? Good point there, Wong. Thank you. Uh, just after this, they get attacked by the children of Thanos, the... Uh, they descend on New York just outside 
the apartment. And uh, I liked how the heroes, they set up simple stuff like people are running away from this pandemonium. Our heroes are running towards it. You know, it's a good visual thing. And we see Spider-Man on his bus to a school field trip while this attack is going down. And he gets out of the bus, joins a group. Uh, so another hero is added into the mix, into this massive cast of characters. More and more keep coming in. And uh, we see a pretty great, great fight here in New York. Um, more quips, like, uh, dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards, because the Hulk can't Hulk out. During this fight, uh, Tony is saved last second by Wong. He says, Wong, you're invited to my wedding just before taking off. Stuff like that. Uh, those quotes uh, really land for me. Funny movie, funny guy. I think my favorite character is Iron Man. That's fair. Yeah. That might change. As we keep watching the movies, there's only one more. Yeah. Unless we're going to take an Ant-Man no, 2 break in a Marvel. Miss Marvel. Captain Marvel. Could you imagine if they changed it to Miss Marvel because they used a woman? Yeah. <laughs> I'd lose my mind. That would, there is a character... Like, there is a character named Miss Marvel, and then... Like, there's so many Marvel characters that uh, I don't know who is who. Not to mention that the mantle of this hero gets passed around. Miss Marvel is Kamala Khan. Is she DC or Marvel? She is... Marvel. Nice. So, not to be confused with Captain Marvel, <laughs> who is a Carol Danvers. Or, isn't Captain Marvel a man in the comics? No, I don't think so. Um, certainly not since the movie, but I know that Shazam used to be known oh. as, like, Marvel. Like, he was Captain Mar or something. What? Yeah, there, there's a lot of name crossover, and if anybody connected to the comics is listening to this, they're probably having an aneurysm, but I cannot keep them all straight. The two Captain Marvels and why one is now Shazam. Okay. So. Okay, I. Here's a fun fact. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about comics. You know a lot of stuff, Jenny. We know a lot of stuff. Why do we always lose it? Trivia! <laughs> Alright, we just need to read random Wikipedia pages, memorize them, go on to the next one. We'll be trivia gods. Okay, anyway. Okay, anyway. What are we doing? We uh, oh, are talking yeah, so about they the have, attack on New York right now. Yeah, they have the big fight in New York, and Ebony Maw wants to get the time stone to bring it back to Thanos, but he can't take it because Doctor Strange has a simple spell, but quite unbreakable. Yeah. Another thing I like about this movie is how memed it got. Maybe that's just the culture now, but... Like, the prequels, there's a lot of memes. Lord of the Rings, there's a lot of memes. And then, specifically, these, like, the post-Guardians generation of Marvel movies get memed pretty good. Probably because of the Thanos did nothing wrong subreddit. Yeah. That, is that all, like, Phase 4? I don't know how they're split up, but oh, I'm pretty sure man. it's the Phase 4, or, or what we watch now. And I agree with you. They are super memed. There's a lot of lines where we were watching and just 
make eye contact. That's me. So, there's a huge fight, and the Avengers end up on the ship. Or do you want to talk more about the fight? No. Okay. So, Peter Parker is supposed to not be going along, but he stows away. And we're with Tony, and we see Doctor Strange has been captured by Ebony Maw, and he's got him surrounded by these weird glass rods that burn your skin, so I don't know what that is. Must be an alien thing. Yeah, he torches them. He says they used to be used for surgery, which is appropriate, because Doctor Strange used to be a surgeon. So, probably a little reference to his past. And, uh, yeah, they, this is, um, they, they haven't all come together, because this movie does a lot to split a bunch of events up, uh, like this sequence where they're on the spaceship freeing Doctor Strange happens over what feels like a half hour of movie time because they have to go to a different cast of characters and then a different cast of characters and then come back to these people on the spaceship, bust them out. And the movie goes at a certain point where you see long sequences of stuff like Tony Stark in New York going to meet with Doctor Strange, going to fight the children of Thanos, going to the ship. Like, that's all one long sequence. But then at a certain point, later on, we'll see the start of, for example, uh, the Battle of Wakanda. And then as soon as that kicks off, we see what's happening at the same time in a different part of the universe with Thanos and Gamora. And then we cut to a different group at the same time. So it's all these people doing stuff at the same time. And uh, I think that right now is kind of the first reference to that where we see Spidey, Tony, and Strange on the ship, and then we cut to Guardians of the Galaxy. We cut to Wanda and Vision first. Uh, or maybe no, not. We don't. Um, Oops. Guardians of the Galaxy, the music cues you in right away. They built up such an identity over that group with, you know, mixtapes and 70s stuff. 70s music. Yeah. yeah, so we hear the music, it's like, okay, this is... Guardians. They uh, fly through the wrecked ship from the very beginning of the movie, and they meet Thor, who just so happens to be flying through space and runs into their ship. They bring him in. Um, I think uh, I'm a big fan of the Thor and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy group, Um, especially with Peter Quill and all that. Thor's a funny guy, but they give him a lot of depth and personality in this movie so fun sequence now we see the vision and witch i really liked how they set up thor as the pinnacle of man and how jealous quill gets of him i thought that that would be brought up more but i think it's just played for laughs yeah he's got corded carbon fiber muscles and stuff and this builds up quill as being a bit of a goof which is bullshit, because when Guardians came out and Jurassic World and all that, they really turned Chris Pratt into a bulked out, you know, like hot Hollywood guy. So he's probably just as ripped as Chris Hemsworth is for the filming of this movie, you know? A bit disingenuous there, Marvel. <laughs> um, it's also got the... This is my voice, like, lowering his voice. Yeah. Just uh, trying to match Thor, like you say, so. And then Thor thinks that Rocket's the captain. 
which I also like. Mm-hmm. It's good characterization. Also, they were probably going to scavenge the ship that was getting a distress signal, which yeah. is pretty messed up. Yeah, they allude to when they're flying in. Um, they're like, "Why?" When you first meet them, they say, "Why are we even doing this?" Well, we'll get a reward for helping. And Gamora's like, "Well, that's not why we're doing it. They need help." And then they talk about like if they don't have the reward money, they'll just take their ship. And it's like I don't remember them being such bastards. Yeah. From the first two Guardians movies, they're villains. Yeah, right. Not very Guardians of them. No, definitely planning to scavenge, but they find Thor in that. Who is still alive because he is a god. Yes. Which brings into question why Loki could get his neck snapped. Yeah. And Loki's death line is, you will never be a god. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, the dude kills a god. So it's like he doesn't need to be a god. He can just kill the guy. Maybe that's why Loki comes back in that TV series. Yeah, what is that? I'm not sure. I can look that up. Yeah, I know they've the TV shows are going to be WandaVision. And then uh, Falcon. And uh, I forget who. I don't, uh, there's What If and Star Wars Underworld. I guess there's a lot of shows coming out. Yeah. What If is an animated web television anthology created for Disney Plus based on the Marvel comics. That might not be what you're talking about, though. Oh, no. Um, what If is a cool Cloak series. Cloak and Dagger? So. Cloak and Dagger? That's not Loki. If, I don't know the characters Oh, you there. just want Loki? Oh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's the one that Loki will be in? Uh, Loki's going to be in Loki. It's just called Loki. Oh, jeez. Didn't know... The only one I was familiar with was WandaVision. Didn't know about all these others. And WandaVision's... That one's set up... Is it supposed to be like a sitcom? Well, it's set up to look like a sitcom. But the show... I watched a trailer and it seems to be that the show is all about Wanda's grief over losing Vision. And it's set up like a fake sitcom, but it's actually going to be pretty dark because at the point of the, in that show, it's like a fake reality that she created with her powers to live in her memories with Vision. Oh, and then, no. Yeah. But also, just hearing that premise, my first thought is, this is going to be a one-season thing, right? Like, I feel like some of these shows might not have legs because as soon as she accepts the death... You know, which is an inevitable arc for a superhero that they become more powerful and accept this character's death, then that is the show done. You can't explore her grief over Vision after she has resolved it. I don't know. We'll see when it comes out. Yeah, I'm going to keep Disney Plus for this just because hearing that premise really piques my interest. Yeah, it's really dark. Also, Elizabeth Olsen is killing it. Yeah, she's um she was in Wind River. Yeah, that's a tough was, one. Oof, yeah, super good. And then she was in The New Old Boy, but Oh, that movie is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> God. The American remake of Old Boy. Terrible movie. Mm-hmm. But she probably got a lot of money for it, so she could still be classified as killing it. Yeah, and she's one of the Olsen siblings, so she's probably the most successful these days. Oh, yeah. Got that Marvel money. <laughs> um, oh, man. The Olsen twins look rough these days. 
I believe it. Those poor girls. Yeah, being a childhood star would uh, be shitty, man. I'm going to cut out the Olsen twins look rough these days. They don't need that. <laughs> They're 5'2". The Olsen twins are 5'2". Like they are also five? Uh, <laughs> they're five foot two inches, which is so short. Could you beat them up? No, they look spry. <laughs> I bet you could. Okay. Technically, Vision is a real doll. <laughs> yeah, that's very gross. <laughs> Think about it. You know, a robot, a very advanced one. Uh, and he has uh, what are the what's the stone? What's his stone? He's got he has the, the yellow, mind stone. The mind stone. So that's what contributes to his him having a functioning human mind. Uh, and then the rest is all AI, not AI. Yeah, this is all. It is all AI because he's Ultron well, Jarvis. Artificial intelligence. So what does the Mind Stone do for him? I, they made this robot, or at the end of Age of Ultron, they like accidentally made him or something. Mm-hmm. With I don't remember. I've only seen that movie twice, I think. And now he's a robot kicking around. So it's like a... He has a soul. Yeah, it's like... Maybe. Contributes Maybe to him being good or something. I don't know. He could lift the hammer of Thor. Really? Yeah. Where? Couldn't he? When? What? Not in not in this movie. Did not he, in this movie. Did he do it earlier? Or is that endgame stuff? That is... Yeah. He just hands Thor his hammer. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if it's because of the mind stone. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Any anytime someone lifts a hammer, it's pretty sweet. Oh God! In Endgame. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. Well, okay. Well, let's get the cheese. We are lagging. It's, um, yeah. What time do we have? We're we at, also have the. We have of, like a yeah. half hour of sirens. Um, <laughs> Vision and Witch are in uh, Europe. Vision and Scarlet Witch. They are in Edinburgh. 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 And my main takeaway from this sequence, and by this sequence, I'm talking. Like the whole sequence in Europe okay. up until we come back, is that Scarlet Witch's magic hand motions? I do not like. Oh. They're weird. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google any Scarlet Witch scene where she's doing magic. She's got like really like janky finger movements, and it just feels like too witchy. Yeah, it feels like oh, she's got witch in the name, so she has to get like super weird. With I don't know. I, I know it sounds super whiny and cynical to say her hand motions are weird, but they seem to be really proud of how they directed her to move her hands or how she chose to move her hands because anytime she does magic, they they make you see the hands. And it's it's bizarre to me and uncomfortable. But she's kind of like a darker character. You know, she started out as a villain and has a dark past and all that shit. So maybe it's maybe it's all tied to the... The uh, idea of her character, but I don't like it. But I don't have any other stuff to share about the city sequence, so if you do, please take it away. 
Well, we get to meet Captain America because Bruce Banner gave him a call back in New York and for some reason he went to Edinburgh. I always got the vibe that like Banner called him up and told him what's up and because of that they kept eyes on Scarlet Witch and Vision. Like I don't know what that whole thing is. So they're just secretly meeting up. Yeah. Because they're all supposed to be, like, on house arrest. Yeah, but... Okay, so when Vision's like, oh, I don't have to go back, and they're like, oh, Vision turned off his transponder, all that. Okay, so they're just uh, having a lover's escape, and uh, they finally decide to not. Which we, unfortunately, will not be able to have. Yeah, no, we were planning on a trip to Ireland... And... Well, Edinburgh's and Scotland, but you know it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is spicy takes in this episode. Oh, whoops! <laughs> um... I'm American. <laughs> I don't care about you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they. I guess the Captain America reveal is very cool. I, I have more opinions than just the hands. Keep going. Well, the they have that battle. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty brutal. I mean, Vision gets impaled. Yep. And, um... With, like, a special spear, because his nanobots can't repair him. Yeah, he can't phase, or whatever, which is should oh. never happen. I forget how... They just use... It. It's it the same sense. thing, yeah. you know? Nanobots, phasing... It's all just can't, this phraseology. Can't do his science magic. Yes. And uh, I do like this, how they show, they show Wanda be pretty badass. Mm -hmm. You know, she's kicking ass in hand-to-hand combat, throwing these alien fuckers all over the place, really strong. And then uh, just before it gets dire, Captain America shows up with Black Widow and Falcon, and um, they kick the shit out of these two, to the point that they could have killed them. They're like, next time we'll kill you. And the alien says, you won't get another chance. And they beam up. Which isn't true, because they show up in Wakanda. Yeah, they do get another chance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Did you mention Hawk? Or just ScarJo? Black Widow and Falcon, yeah. Falcon. Why do I think it's Hawk? It's not... it, It won't be. He could be Hawk. like. Oh, Hawkeye. Good God. Oh, yeah. Hawkeye's not in this movie. They took a deal, him and him and Ant Man. Oh yeah, for house arrest. Yeah, for house arrest because they had families. Okay. Um, okay. Um. Cool. Yeah. So Captain America reveal they. Uh, the next scene we cut to um, Gamora's childhood. Yes. So in what planet is Gamora from? I don't. Having a laptop is helpful. Yeah. Tell us that truth. So, we cut to a Gamora flashback where Thanos comes to we her. We cut to Zen Huberry. Zen Huberry. <laughs> it's probably not. We go to Zen Huberry <laughs> and see Thanos rounding up everybody. And, and they all have some Count Chocula. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Huberry, Count Chocula. I like it. Um, and uh, Gamora's planet gets cut in half, right? Uh Meanwhile, not like cut in half, but the pot, like people are murdered. And Thanos decides to care for her in this moment or like protect her from the murder. 
and shows her balance in the switchblade and all that. Uh, pretty good, pretty good scene. I like how different it is from the previous sequence. So we were just in Edinburgh, 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 and it's, it's all like nighttime, gray, rainy kind of. I remember it as being rainy. Uh, and now in this scene, we cut to this alien landscape, super sunny and colorful. You know, like just the fact that. The children of Thanos are kind of gray and dark blue, and then Thanos is purple, and then the entire town is this golden. It's like a big switch, and it made me think how with all of these settings and all these characters, there must have been a ton of effort stitching your movie together in a way that had these different settings feel very distinct, because it could all just be rainy European cities, but they jumped to this wild shit and slice it up in a really succinct way. Could have just filmed it in South Africa. Cape Town. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing content from other podcasts. <laughs> that's but a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, the the scene change up. The actual story beat is, you know, whatever. I get it. About Gamora? Yeah. What? What do you mean what? You don't care about Gamora? Well, I care about, I, I get her motivations, and I think it's really solid to see what actually happened that led her to hate him so much and be in his care, but um, I feel like as far as the construction of the movie, all the scene stuff and the colors are, might might go by the wayside, you know? Okay, okay, okay. <sighs> I liked it. I well, I guess it is to each their own. <laughs> but we get to see her cut back modern times. She still's got she still has the dagger, mm-hmm. so the dagger becomes pretty important. And we see her talk to Peter Quill that if Thanos get Thanos gets her, that he has to kill her. That's deep. Yeah, but, it, it's well, a dark yeah connotation. And this is where I kind of want to ask you. Your opinion on the jokes. Uh-huh. Oh, with Drax? Yeah. So it's funny. I think the... So the way that they balance tone, I actually don't mind. Okay. You think it's, like, beneficial? Because... I don't know if that scene specifically was beneficial. I think that the tone of the Guardians movies are goofier than the tones of the other Marvel movies. So Drax... In that scene made sense, but if it was like a moment between Pepper and Tony that was that deep, if it was cut to a joke, it would feel cheaper. Okay. Because yeah. like when Tony comes back all skinny and stuff in Endgame, sorry, spoilers, like when he reunites with Pepper, it's just like, <laughs> you know, there's not like a cut to a joke. And I think that's because of the entire tone of that series of movies. So the series of Guardians of the Galaxy like, even when Peter Quill had to kill Kurt Russell. I'm not that quiet. Am I that quiet? I felt like you might have been a bit quiet there. Okay. So... just want to hear what you have to say. The tone of Guardians of the Galaxy is so much goofier. So if it had been a scene between, like, Tony and Pepper, it would have felt dirty to have it cut to a joke like that. But since the tone of Guardians has been so much goofier... Cutting to Drax makes more sense, especially if you think back to when Peter had killed his dad. There's some emotional moments there 
And I think they do a pretty good job with, like, true emotion. Like, we've seen Peter get upset, upset. Like, and we will later, too. And it doesn't cut to a joke. But I think they have a good job of tone balance. Especially since it's not the emotional climax of the movie yet. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I I agree with you. I I agree. Because I was on the fence. Mm. You know, like, um, asking someone to kill you. If well, you're I ask you to kill me all the time. <laughs> yeah, but having this scene where you're like, if I am captured, fucking murder me. Promise on your dead mother, you know, which is also deeply personal and really relies on back knowledge of these characters to to understand the weight of what's being asked. And legitimacy, and then have goofball Drax eating nuts. You know, it it's it kind of feels like it might delegitimize it, but also without moments like that, this would be the most depressing two movies ever. Like Endgame is already really heavy, and Infinity War is obviously very heavy. And without these jokes, maybe it would just be no fun at all. <laughs> and uh, gotta fill those seats. Yeah. That's fair. Um, the next scene is nowhere. Yep. And uh, I I like the sequence as well. You know they want to spring a surprise on Thanos to get the stone or find the stone and then stop him from getting it. And um, I feel like they really humanized Drax pretty well, particularly because in this movie up to this point he's just joke machine, and in Guardian of the Galaxies he's pretty much just a joke machine. But then we hear the backstory, like we heard the backstory earlier in the Guardians movies, but here we are reminded how important this moment is to him, and basically how Thanos impacts all of these characters, right? He's a really good villain because yeah, I'm just kind of realizing, even though it's the main point <laughs> of the movie, how, how fucked up he makes everyone's lives, and how personal it can be for, for everybody involved. In this case, it's Drax lamenting his, you know, mother or his wife and daughter. Wife and daughter. Yeah. Covet and Quilla. I want to say Quilla. Probably not. Yeah. Co- conversationally, Covet would be a good name for a cat. That would be a good name for a cat. Some. Anything that's a one-off name from some source we like. Yeah. You know, like uh, some Ghibli movie. It's like you wouldn't name him the main character. You know, like you wouldn't call a cat Kiki because everyone would be like, oh, uh, fucking Ghibli. I get it. But someone mentioning one name in a Ghibli movie, there's a lot of cred. Oh, yeah. But bam. What, what's his family's name? So, Drax appears in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series. For some reason, this is from a comic, but it's Hovat and Camaria. Hovet and Camaria. Cool. Um, we do see the fake out here because they passionately attack Thanos and Gamora sticks a knife in his neck. He's gurgling blood. The dagger. Stabs him in the chest with the with dagger. The, yeah. the perfectly balanced. The special dagger. The design of that thing is weird to me. The blades look so small for such a big handle. And it kind of sticks out, but it's perfectly balanced. 
and she stabs him in the chest. And uh, then we realize... What's my stab noise? It was all a lie. He already has a reality stone. That and was he... fucked up. Yeah, that was a good fake out. I, I was all in on it and it wasn't, uh, it didn't feel like cheap. You know, it wasn't like psych, it was a dream the whole time type thing. He has a stone that lets him warp reality and they use it to a really good effect uh, to create this oh fuck moment. So I like the fake out. I also like when they realize the fake out and they try and attack him and he cuts Drax into those little like Play-Doh blocks. Yeah. That was a really cool effect. I wasn't crazy about Mantis being spiralized or whatever. Mm -hmm. That kind of looked weird. But Drax being cubed up and then after he leaves cubes coming back together was a really standout effect for me. Had freaked me out. Makes me wonder are the stones effects supposed to be temporary? If you leave the immediate area? I don't know the hard rules. I think it's just... It's a soft magic system. Yeah, I, I always kind of viewed it as what do you will at the time of using it? You know, if he's just like making cubes then maybe it's more general but if he's like Make him cubes and kill him, like have him be dead now, and then do your little hand motion with the stone. I think it's just really vague like that. Because if I recall, I know we're kind of referencing Endgame a lot, and we're going to do Endgame after this. But if I recall in Endgame, when they go about their plot in that movie, they specifically mention like you have to keep your intention in your mind. Oh yeah. And uh, okay. You know you'll you'll know how to do it when you have to do it kind I'll of be- thing. Super bad at wielding the stones. Yeah, it, it'd be super. Uh, I would just use it to order pizza. You'd get in your head. Yeah, just snap. Never ending. What is never ending? No calories, always hungry. Bam. <laughs> Perfect. And it's the Domino's pan pizza with Alfredo sauce, chicken, and bacon. Wow, you're outing our secrets here. Oh, really? This is a. The world cannot know. The world does the world deserve to know? If they're listening to this podcast, they deserve to know. That the best pizza you can get from Domino's Pizza is a pan with Alfredo sauce, chicken, and bacon. Yeah, it's delicious. It, we should get one tonight. No, we already had fast food today. We're right. outing on how often we eat fast food. It's all the time. It is too much. Um, so. Happy quarantine. Happy quarantine. Hey, we'll figure it out after. We're young. <laughs> 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 We're having a good time. Um, <laughs> So, he has to. Ca- she gets captured by Thanos. Yeah. Gamora gets captured by Thanos. And Quill was going to kill her. He was gonna murder her. Which I thought was like, damn. Ride or die. Ride or die. He's going to, but of course, Thanos makes him. Uh, Even in this moment, gun. he's like, "I prefer to call myself a long-term booty call." Yeah, he's like your boyfriend, long-term booty call, and. Yeah, he's always cracking jokes. I, and then the last joke of the scene, or not so much, a, I don't know, it, it's humorous, where he kidnaps Gamora, Thanos kidnaps Gamora, and says, oh, I like him. As they disappear, it's kind of like this fucked up meeting dad type thing. So it's funny at the base, but it's so ominous when he says it, because he just interrupted an attempted assisted suicide and... Uh, kidnap this woman and it's dark but 
you know, joking about bringing him home to dad. You know, it's it's a it's a tough balance that is pretty well handled. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Banner yeah. Widow reunion. Wanda has to kill Vision. Yeah, we we see Rhodes talking with the U.S. government. Oh yeah, and uh, yep. the war criminals come back in, which leads to the discussion of murder or of Vision, right? Yep, yep. So, so they're at the Avengers compound. They're at the compound, and then. Yes, we do talk to. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to read the Wikipedia article. Oh, so they are at the Avengers compound. Rhodes is talking with the government, and these fugitives walk in because they're still fugitives from Civil War, uh, because they refuse to register. Oh. And the senator or whoever the fuck uh, Rhodes is talking to. Gets all in Captain America's face, like, oh, you have a lot of nerve to walk back here after what you did. And Captain America basically says, well, it's either this or we all die, so I'm not I'm not asking for your forgiveness, and I'm over-asking for permission. We're just here. And then Rhodes hangs up on them. Rhodes is War Machine. And uh, they have a, like, bro handshake. Like, that's a court-martial. You know, we're all fugitives now, but we'll save the world, so it's okay. And um, then they kind of discuss the details of what they're going to have to do. Yes. And then what they have to do being killing Vision. Yeah. But then they bring up they could go to Wakanda. Or uh, it's like, I think I know a place. Yeah. And then it cuts to Wakanda. What is that called? What's that kind of transition called? Uh, just cut. Well, no, it's got a name. To cut from one place to... Another in the world? Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. A jump cut? No. Anyway, we're in Wakanda now. Um, are we in Wakanda now? Yep, go to Wakanda. Um, specifically, we're just looking at um, T'Challa and his general, whose name I forget. The, the like, second main right. character, yeah. the, the main woman. And we don't see the Avengers there just yet, but they go to go get Bucky. He's a farmer or right. something. Winter or a, Soldier. A rancher. Uh, I have not seen Winter Soldier. Me neither. I hear it's one of the best because it's, like, Is a spy it? thriller type. You should check it out. Yeah. It's on Disney+. Plus. We can watch it. But it's also not on this list. And People we have... People who need to pay us are now... Flicks Brew House, Domino's, Disney Plus. Yeah. Pay us money. Building up a lot of sponsorships. (laughs) Uh, So they bring in Bucky and they make this super tech arm for him because he's, you know, got that robot arm. And he sees it and just says, you know, where's the fight? You made a really good point during this scene. Do you recall? It would mean a lot more to me if I had seen Winter Soldier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up, and it's very true, because all I know about Bucky is what he did in Civil War that caused Iron, Amer- like Iron Man and Captain America to beat each other up, and then Infinity War, 
where he's just a super important rancher, I guess. It's kind of weird that they bring him in as this main character because in the Battle of Wakanda, he's got a machine gun and he's killing a bunch of people with machine guns. It's like, why is he so important in context of like a literal flying tank that has (laughs) the armaments of 20 fighter jets, you know? It's like, we got to see this guy shoot stuff. Yeah. Or act like it's a huge boon to this battleground. Boon. Yeah. Yeah. Boon. Big boon to the battleground. Battle boon. <laughs> We're finally circling all the way back to Strange on the spaceship here. Na-na-na. With Spider-Man. Na-na-na. Yes. Uh, the, it's, that you bring that up, the bickering between Tony Stark and Peter Parker... I really like in this movie, I really like in Far From Home. They've just got such a funny, you know, father-son dynamic. And uh, it's it's one of, it's a great interaction scene where they uh, they argue about what to do because Peter was not supposed to be on the ship. He's supposed to get gone early on and they're just realizing now that he's on the ship. So Peter Parker is also supposed to be the super genius. Yeah. And he calls aliens... A super old movie. Yeah. He'd have the wherewithal to know that a movie from the 1980s isn't that long ago. That's fair. I feel like it really depends on which Peter, you know? That's true. Because this one... He's kind of really goofy. Yeah, he's gotten... I forget how he gets his web shooters. I think in... Doesn't um, Tony give them to him? Yeah, in Homecoming, he's like... This guy is... Tom. He's, he's my favorite Spider-Man. But he's definitely pushed into the nerdy high school kid trope rather than the genius nerdy high school kid. Mm. All, all of his shit is given to him. He gets a suit given to him. He's also really smart because he does get that scholarship and that's kind of why he gets to meet Tony. Yeah, yeah. He's a well-made, well-crafted version, I think. I don't feel like Tobey Maguire was really pushed as a super genius either. Yeah, they just had that scene, a couple of references of him being on, like, exclusive field trips and meeting Norman Osborn and stuff. The meme, I'm something of a scientist myself, you know. So he's got, like, smart stuff to him, but... I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield ones at all. They're really bad. Yeah. I feel like the cartoons do a better job of him being, like, a super genius, just because there's more time to, like, put him in a lab. Yeah, are you referring to like the animated series or I'm Spider-verse? not referring to Spider-Verse, I'm referring to the animated series. Okay, I haven't seen the animated series. Oh really? Yeah. Like the newer ones. Not yeah, a... I know there's like really weird yeah. old ones, but yeah, I agree. Because depending on what you look at, he'll synthesize the most strong material known to man for his webs in his bedroom. Or he'll have them given to him by the strongest, smartest guy in New York in Tony Stark. Or he gets them as part of his powers. Yeah, he gets organic webbing. It was so weird to me when I found out that that was not canon. Like that It's was... canon in some comic, but not yeah. the one that most people know. Yeah, now, now I'm all on the, of course he doesn't have organic webbing. You know, it's weird that he does have organic webbing in those movies. When I first saw him, that was like my first Spider-Man exposure, really. And He must have to eat so much. Yeah, to, make all that web. to produce that. Drinks a lot of milk. Oh, and crackers. 
Oh, <laughs> the, the look of disdain. <laughs> um, anyhow, like you mentioned, he does come up with a plan to free Doctor Strange with the movie Aliens. Super old movie Aliens. 1970... Nope, 86 for Aliens. 79 for Alien. Yes. Yep. And... Anyway. Uh, Tony Stark blasts the spaceship open, sucks Ebony Maw out into space. I'm convinced there's a Wilhelm scream in there um, as he gets sucked out. Yeah. <laughs> this is a radio DJ show now. <laughs> Pugsley, make a noise. Oh, he's sleeping. As always. Exactly. You can't be bothered. Um, There's this torture scene to get the soul stone, and they do. They do Tony hopping in, and Ebony's like, "I can't fight you, or you can't fight me." And he says, "I know, but the kids seen a lot of pop culture." Yeah, kids seen more movies than me. Some blast it open. Um, They they do save him. They seal it off. Ebony Maw dies out in space. He's frozen. Um, and we see his disgusting face be frozen, you know, just to confirm the death. But the two things that I like here are, A, Peter's joke. Hi, I'm Peter. And Doctor Strange says, I'm Doctor Strange. It's like, oh, we're using made-up names. Uh, I'm Spider-Man. You know, he's such a, like, goofy character. It really works well. And also, just before the end of the scene... Tony casually, like, knights him into the Avengers. And you can see what a moment it is for Peter, but, I mean, it's hardly an afterthought for Tony Stark. You know, he's just, you're an Avenger now. It's, it's a cool mix between this weathered, seen-it-all hero and this brand-new kid to bring in the new... You know, they're going to keep making these movies, and I think it's going to be mostly Spider-Man, unless that deal... I don't know the state of that deal between Sony and Marvel... Remember how Sony was like, we own Spider-Man, you can't make it anymore. But then they're like, we get a lot of money if we do. So I hope they get to keep Tom Holland, don't have to reboot it again. I hope they have to reboot it again. Why? I want everyone to have two Spider-Men in their lives. That's, that's very giving of you. Um, yeah, any... Uh, how do you feel about the torture bust-out scene? We. Any pluses or negatives? It was yucky. It was yucky. Okay. So Thanos and Gamora are in the throne room. Thanos' plan is kind of given um, credence, I guess. Well, he like, did nothing wrong. Right. Don't those, roll your eyes at those, me. I, those get me so mad. They're, they're just people like... It's basically like, is a hot dog a sandwich? And then having super long, passionate arguments about it because... It's it's like a joke we're all in on, you it know. It is a sandwich. I guess technically, the thing is, is it's a hot dog, you know. And you can eat them without the bun. Yeah. The elites won't tell you this, but you can just take a hot dog right out of the fridge. You can eat it cold. Yes, that's one of my. That's probably the way I've eaten most hot dogs. <laughs> Slip them out of the package. <laughs> suck them down. Really good. Um, you getting bored? <laughs> no, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, 
we cut to the throne room. Thanos reveals that his uh, his plan for Gamora's planet worked. It's a paradise now. And it's like, yeah, that's a skewed view. And the soul stone is revealed to be found because Gamora's sister Nebula is being heinously tortured. Oh, God. I ugh. Yeah, it's basically Nebula. just... Nebula. yeah. Did you say Nebula? I believe so. Um, Gamora's sister Nebula is being tortured, is what I said. Uh, or I said heinously tortured because she's pulled apart for I don't know why she's tortured like this it seems like it's been going on for a long time oh I think it's like she's in jail from some other like what'd she do to get there what movie did she get jailed in well she's always been ill treated by Thanos okay that's fair um but basically, uh, we see Gamora's kind enough to want to spare her by revealing where the Soul Stone is. That's the whole goal of this torture scene. And, uh, yeah, so they, they learn it's on Vormir. But we don't go to Vormir just yet. We cut to um, Thor traveling with Rocket and Groot to... Nidavellir, the Forge planet. And um This is this is the acting from Thor. Right? This is the uh real emotional moment where uh Rocket sees that Thor is troubled. He's like, Hey, you ready for this murder mission? Thor's like, Well, I've lost my brother, father, I had to kill my sister, my best friend was killed. You know, basically lowest point of his entire existence. And he has that speech about how he's been alive for 1,500 years. He's killed at least twice that many people. And they've all, they all would have rather had, you know, Thor die than themselves. And Rocket's like, well, what if you don't? He's like, well, what else could I lose? You know, there's a good moment of seeing how affected this goofy god is. You know, it's a touching sequence. Yeah, and then he gives, Rocket gives Thor that new eye. Oh, yeah. Which I think is the first reference to Rocket's body part obsession in this movie. So yeah. So I appreciated that. Yeah, I guess I never picked up on, like, that theme, but it's really funny. You've never picked up on the theme that Rocket's obsessed with body parts? No. Ever? Well, I, I just like the joke of, you know, that, that guy's leg. That guy's like, what do you From mean? From when they broke out of the prison in Guardians. Oh, yeah. No, totally forgot about that. Cool. Good call. That's okay. Um, So he gets the eye. And do you want to talk about the Avengers and Guardians meeting? Is that canonically correct? Or is that uh, chronologically correct? Well, um, I'm glad you bring that up because, yes, because this is where... I mentioned earlier how we had big chunks of stuff. Yeah. And now this is when things happen all at the same time. Okay. So Thor arrives at the forge. Mm-hmm. Nebula escapes her imprisonment and asks Mantis to meet on Titan. Stark and his crew get to Titan. And then the Guardians also arrive on Titan. Um, and while all that is happening... Thanos and Gamora arrive on Vormir. So, like, whatever happens in order of scenes, 
I'm not sure, but all of these things kind of go down at once. So whatever you want to talk about out of all those things, it'll be chronologically Gucci. <laughs> so, so go wherever you your heart pleases. I think my favorite, oh yeah, scene was when Groot uses his hand. Oh, so, the, the whole Forge sequence. Yeah, well, yeah. the Forge sequence in its entirety is really awesome. Because Thor gives this speech to, um, God, what is Peter Dinklage's? Eitri. He gives this speech to Eitri about how it's his mind, not his hands. Mm-hmm. So Thor has so much taken away from him. And it's not what he doesn't have, it's what he has left. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. He, he imparts that on Tree, you know, very inspirational. That's a good call out. Because, um, like, I was just kind of thinking, you know, he's at his lowest point and he thinks this is what's going to kill Thanos. Um, but he's far more than that. You know, there's a lot more to talking about what he loses. Thank you. Um, and then he gets burned up by a star in order to make this um, Stormbreaker. Yeah. Which is a cool hammer thing. He it's holds, like an axe. Yeah, it's Stormbreaker axe. He holds the iris open so it can beam into the forge, like melt the metal, I guess. I'd like, use normal fire for that, but you need super fire. It needs to be forged in the heart of the dying star. Yeah. Which is, um, that is what Mjolnir was forged out of. Like, that's where Mjolnir was made, I'm pretty sure. Yep. So... One thing that kind of bugs me, and this isn't specific to Infinity War, what? We also forgot to mention that Thanos' glove was made on the Dwellier. Oh, yeah, and he killed all of the dwarves. The dwarves, which is a good point out to what a hypocrite he is. Yeah, why didn't he kill 150 dwarves? Yeah, he could have killed half, but it's not about killing half, it's about power, and, um, you know, he'll kill whoever he wants. Uh, to suit his needs. So, take that. Thanos did nothing wrong. He's a fucking hypocrite, murderer. Prove me wrong. Um, but the thing that bugs me is to start up the forge, and this is a trope, I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head, but they he slingshots the pod that they flew in on, and then he gets traction on the forge wing, right? Or the thing that needs to spin... By like crashing through it and ripping a ton of shit off of it and destroying it and then getting caught at the very end. And anytime I see something like that, it's like, yeah, you're doing this to start up its functioning use. Wouldn't the fact that you did so much damage to this <laughs> this delicate space instrument? It's like if you crash through the space shuttle and fucked up its exterior, that will be problematic for the use of the space shuttle. So it kind of bugs me that this is not problematic for the use of the forge. He destroyed it. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, um, they they blast the metal and uh, pour the metal into the mold. And then, like you called out, the forging of Stormbreaker with the, the handle at the very end. Um, really awesome scene. Yeah, uh, super potent. And uh, self-sacrifice from Groot, you know, who's just been a shitty teen the whole time. And he makes this badass weapon. Meanwhile, while this is happening... Um, Back in Wakanda. Not quite. Oh. I, I want to cover all of these um, 
at the same time scene. So the Forge. Oh, okay, okay. And then on Titan, uh, the Guardians and the Avengers end up fighting, right? So they yes. run into each other because Nebula told the Guardians to go to Titan and um, Stark and Strange decided to bring the fight to the homeworld on Titan, you know, when they were in the ship. So they all end up on Titan and none of them have ever met before. Uh, so they, they tussle. And it's a pretty cool fight. I think all the action scenes in this movie are good. Oh, yeah. You know, none of them are... None of them feel bad. At at, at the worst, they just feel like time filler like this. What is there to gain from the Guardians and the Avengers fighting apart from... Oh, yeah, it looks cool. It's a nicely choreographed fight. And then they make up and they're ready to go. I think that's a union device rather than a time waster because they're not going to meet and be like, oh, we're all friends. It's like, we're here to kick ass and you are the ass we have found. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, If you're fired up in ass kicking mode, you can't be too picky about the ass. <laughs> so they, they kick ass. This is also one of my favorite Peter Quill lines. Um, oh what yeah yeah strange says what master do you serve quill says uh what what am i supposed to say jesus um they get in arguments about you know humans and quill's like i'm 50 percent human so that's 100 percent you like it's a little later on when they're making plans but um great sequence they all get on the same page and uh the not fun sequence is vormir so um they go to Vormir, uh, Nebula, not Nebula, Gamora, and Thanos climb up the hill and meet Red Skull. Which is a big reveal. More sirens. More sirens. It, it must be a heavy drinking day or something. Just, whenever I hear sirens in Madison, I always assume it's a student that got alcohol poisoning. Especially on game days. I don't think it's a game day. I think games got canceled. Yeah, truly. But, you know, it's habit. It's Saturday. It's nice out. Or just because it's Saturday and it's nice out. Um, Red Skull, I'd, they build this to be a big reveal. I don't know how we got there. I've only seen Captain America's first movie once. I don't really care about Red Skull that much. And this wasn't a nutty reveal to me. Okay. Um, I mean, that's fine by me. Cool character design, though. Yeah, he's got a... His nose must get cold. <laughs> What'd you say? He said he could... He said he could breathe through his nose so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly. He never gets stuffed up. Um, but, you know, the soul stone is unique amongst the stones. It requires a sacrifice, a soul for a soul. And you need to give up something you love. And Gamora has this... It's probably my least favorite speech in the whole movie. Um, it's cringy, I think. Yeah, she goes on and on about how she dreamt of him losing and the universe tells, tells him no. All of this reason why he just lost, because he doesn't love anything. You know, it's like the writer was really setting it up to like have this reveal of him not loving anything. It is cringy. Yeah, that's okay. So he throws Gamora right off the cliff. Mm -hmm. Murders her. He just murders Gamora. And he gets the stone. Yes. 
And uh, then he leaves Vormir. He wakes up in a puddle with a stone. Ethereal, mystic land. Yeah. It's comes a back to gorgeous him. planet. Yeah. All purple, cloudy, mysterious lights everywhere. It's really a visually cool sequence. True. Now we're on Wakanda with Vision. We're on Earth. On Earth in Wakanda um, with Vision getting the stone extricated from his body by a super genius. Extricated? Yeah. Check me. Google I it. I will. What is the definition? I'm too slow at typing. Past tense. Free something. Some constraint or difficulty. What's uh-huh. the difference between extricated and extracted? Nothing. One sounds cooler. Remove or take out, especially by effort or force. So we could also have this stone extracted. Because it is great effort. No, I like the word extricated. Um, They kind of make fun of like... I like how they set up Wakanda to be so advanced that this girl who's doing the stone surgery is like at most a young teen. Yeah. And they show her questioning Banner, who's supposed to be one of the smartest people in the States, right? Like the super genius scientist. And they're like, why didn't you just do X, Y, or Z? would didn't think of it you know like good good setup using what we know of characters and all that which is if this movie universe can do anything it is rely on what we know of characters because <laughs> they've got 20 plus movies to draw from so i like it anytime the movie does that and this is one of the times it does it um but it's going to be a long process and they're like how long do we got and they say, well, not too long, because there's a massive army out front, and we're about to have to fight. <laughs> uh, so, before the attack begins, got more shit happening all at once. What's that? 43. How many Marvel movies are there? 43. But, to be fair, they are counting like Venom and Deadpool, which don't contribute to the continuity of this cinematic universe. But 43 is still a fuckload. MCU? I think it's like, okay, 23. Yeah, still. Imagine 23 movies. And they all have references to stuff that happens in this movie. You know, like the stones or the characters. It's an impressive series. And I've not seen them all. Again, stressing, I've not seen all 23. I haven't seen either of the... First, I haven't seen the first two Thors. They're not that good. I shouldn't say that. I, well, I think it's... Uh, They're someone's favorite movie. They're someone's, yeah. I've seen everything in Phase 4. Or Phase 3. Oh, yeah. I keep... like we're still in Phase 3. Upcoming Phase 4 is Black Widow, The Eternals, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Which I haven't heard of that. Spider-Man Far From Home sequel, Untitled. Doctor Strange, Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Thor... I'm excited for Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, that's one where Natalie Portman... Lady Thor. ...becomes Thor. I'm also excited for... I'm really excited for the Doctor Strange one, even though I fell asleep during the first one. Uh... Do you want to fall asleep tonight? <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Uh, but I fell asleep during the first one, but still the idea, I don't know if they're going to lean into this so much. This is going to be a really long episode because we're talking about just Marvel at large. But I don't know if they're leaning into it, but I know that Multiverse of Madness was... It's going to be a pain in the ass to edit. Well, just to cut out the long silences and send it up. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, They were leaning into this being like a horror, and I think they eased off of that. But it's still going to be, you know, probably darker. Anyway, we are nearing the end here. Um, Do you want to power through this plot and then give some thoughts on it, or... You got some thoughts about the MCU at large you want to share? Oh, okay. I th- so the way you said it, I thought you wanted me to just like jump into review, like skip the Wakanda fight oh, scene. Oh no, that, I want to talk about the Wakanda fight okay. scene, of course. But All right, before so... the Wakanda fight scene starts, um, is okay. I, I actually covered this already. Um, the attack on Wakanda begins, and then we see the hammer complete being forged. Yes. And then we do. So we are, sorry about that. We are on the battle. Um, yeah. What a. So I didn't recognize what these running demon dog beasts were at first, but apparently they're from the first Avengers movie. Yeah, they were. They've. It's like a CH. It's like Chator. I think they're Chatoris. Is the race. They're the what race. What is the name of those tiny birds in Final Fantasy? Chocobos. Chocobos! Yeah. Chitori sounds like a cute little bird thing. Yeah, these are the Chitori race. I'm 90% sure. If it's not Chitori, it's close. But it's what Loki used to invade New York in the first Avengers. And um, it is what is used here. I think they kind of allude to the fact that the Chitori race are under the control of Thanos the whole time. Because when Banner's freaking out at the beginning of the movie, he says he's got the biggest army in the universe. When Loki attacked New York, that was him. That was Thanos. So the Chitauri were always under his control. Um, now, for as badass as this battle sequence is, I do want to say I think it's ridiculous that they are going through all of this when it could be avoided by accepting that Vision has to die. Like... They want to protect what? What do you? Find? It is Ch- it's Chitari, but the way I spelled it came up with anime people. Oh, because I'm a weeb. Is that Chitari? Chitari. Nice, good recall, Dan. So they first first off earlier in the movie, Vision says, "You'll have to kill me to yeah. destroy the stone." He I, knows. I want you to kill me. I want you to kill me. And Wanda says, "I'm not going to kill you." No, please kill me. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you. Uh, quit asking. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, they go to Wakanda to get it removed, and they're like, oh, we don't have much time. We're about to be under this massive battle. And everyone, including all of these warriors from different tribes, everyone that's been in the movies up to this point, like this massive cast of heroes, are all like, yeah, we have to battle so we can get the stone out of Vision's head so we can destroy it. But I feel like with all of the lives at stake, it's time to just destroy the stone and kill Vision. Like, we don't want Vision to die, but come on. It's to, like, protect your love, which is important, but the stakes are a bit too high. We don't tread lives, Captain. Yeah, that's, uh, that is... Except when it comes to trading Vision for a bunch of warriors. Yeah, (laughs) we don't trade lives. I will ask these people who have never met any of you, and I've 
just at the end of Black Panther, he's like, we're opening up Wakanda to the world. The very first thing you're going to have to do as a result of that is sacrifice your entire existence and risk your life to protect this person you have never met. Tons of you are going to die. It's like, what a bum deal. You know, just keep Wakanda closed. Oh, man. It, it's a really ridiculous premise to me that hundreds of people are cool with dying in a grisly battle to protect one robot's life. That's all I have to say about that. He's a real doll. He's one real doll's life. Wanda's sex toy. <laughs> Terrible. Yes. Um, this is why we can't tell what anyone about this podcast. Eh, it's fine. We can tell everybody. Okay. Um, that this is your song. I hope you don't mind. Oh, I was thinking of uh, we can tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the oh, man. Oh, yeah. very different songs. Yeah, one is much worse. But which one? I don't know. Don't diss Elton John. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The Wakanda battle in general is super cool. Uh, there's a lot of really awesome individual moments where we get to see all the heroes flexing their shit. I like particularly War Machine um, using his uh, massive amount of missiles. Just seems like the most destructive guy out there. It's uh, it's really cool up until you know Thor arrives, but oh um, Thor arriving! Yeah, it was so cool. Just slams down the hammer. Yeah, it's it was just as much of a gratifying moment as the end of Ragnarok, where you know uh, the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin is playing, and he's flying through the crowds on the bridge. He just he's built to have these gratifying spectacular moments with the lightning and he's a pirate angel yeah he's truly he's got the most powerful move set up until captain marvel shows up he's a he's a beast and he fucks up these chitauri in a big way but there's still a lot of cool moments like um captain america fighting down on the ground uh the action shots of the black panther acrobatically fighting like all of the characters get a cool display of their powers which is a big plus for me yeah definitely i one thing i also really really liked is they had this moment where um the the soldier with like the blue face and the wide set eyes is fighting um oh the woman the woman with the horns yeah yeah she's fighting um black panther and wanda comes down and she just kicks a bunch of ass, and the general's like, why was she up there the whole time? Yeah. And then Scarlett Johansson, I, I'm so bad about that. Uh, Black Widow seems like down on her luck. And then Wanda... <laughs> she's about to be murdered. <laughs> she's gonna be killed. And then Wanda and the general like come to her aid. And I felt like that was a much cooler feminine empowerment moment than what ends up happening in Endgame. Yeah, they've got, they've got a really good... Um... It's just like the difference, in my opinion, is that this movie doesn't make a big deal about it. It's just that they have got female characters who are very powerful and they show them being powerful. And then in Endgame, they're like, make sure everybody knows that we're doing this. You yeah. Know? And it's a, it makes a big difference. Also, the general's name is Okoye. Okoye. And she is, I think she's cooler than Black Widow. Yeah. She's more of a badass. Yeah, she's she's got uh 
I don't know. She is more of a badass. I agree. Black Widow is fine. I'm not super stoked yeah, for the movie. Me neither. But we'll probably see it eventually. Probably not in theaters. I don't know. Probably not in theaters. Unless also, it's the first Akoya. movie that comes out after uh, quarantine ends and we're just desperate to go see a movie again. Then then I would go see it. What about Okoye? She's more ride or die. Yeah. Than, I'm sure Black Widow would be, but she's definitely super independent because she's like a spy. Yeah. I guess we'll see how the movie is. Yeah. Um, while this is all going down, we are also going to Titan. Thanos arrives on Titan. His home planet. His home planet. And another meme, Doctor Strange says, oh, yeah. let me guess, your home. And he's like, it was. He explains his backstory, which is fine. You know, this is supposed to be the moment that explains why he is the way he is. And it's just like, all it does is show he was a psychopath the whole time. <laughs> Which I think is the point. You know, he's just a bad dude. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, they they start fighting. And uh, they fight to get the gauntlet. Another really awesome sequence. The one that always stands out to me is when... I don't know if this is before or after the moment where they almost get the gauntlet off. But he grabs a moon and, like, pulls it down into meteors. That's before... Oh, that's that. Every time I see this movie, that's just like so awesome. Uh, display of like so much power that it's it's really effective in showing how different of a level they're on. You know, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. But in any case, um, fighting on Titan, will you please talk about the gauntlet extracting event? Because it really gets me annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just rant about it. So, one thing I'd like to call out is Mantis hops up on his shoulders to get him to sleep. And this helped me realize that Mantis would be an excellent roommate. <laughs> yeah. She would freak me out. Like, I wouldn't be able to reconcile this. an alien like that in real life. You know, big eye, like bug eyes. It'd be horrifying. I don't think I'd ever get used to it. So bad roommate. It'd be terrifying every okay. time. She won't be our roommate, but... Yeah. She, in Thank theory, God. would be a good roommate. Because she could totally tell when you're pissed that she didn't do the dishes. She'd help you go to sleep. <laughs> That's my bit. That's a good okay. bit. So they do a pretty good job. Doctor Strange is doing some magic. We also, we should talk about this is when it gets defined. Before the fight, it gets defined that they have one chance. Yeah, there's 40, 14 million futures he saw. Yeah. How many do we win? Just, Just one. one. So he shouldn't have even tried to get the gauntlet off. But he does, anyway. Yeah. And he's got a hold on him. And then Tony Stark and Peter are trying to pull off... Peter Parker trying to pull off the gauntlet. Mantis is doing all she can to get this guy to sleep. But he's way too powerful. Mm -hmm. And she calls out that he feels anguish and despair. And this is... uh. When shit goes awry because Star-Lord's like, ha, he would never. And then Nebula's like, Gamora. He went, he went. That was a good Nebula come. impersonation. Was it? Yeah. She speaks all, you know, low like that. It was good. Thank you. Props. And it gets revealed that he totally yeeted Gamora off a cliff with a stone. Yep. You can chuckle at my use of yeeted. He, I'm just so used to that word now, I think. Oh. Yeeting. Unfortunate. So he finds out 
that Gamora was killed and he gets overly emotional. Which, it, it is super annoying and he like beats, he like hits Thanos with his gun or something. Which yeah, causes them, which causes Tony and Peter Parker to lose their grip. Well, he smacks him in the face and knocks Mantis's hands oh. like off of his head. Yeah. When it's he's literally clasping it by the fingertips, like they've almost got it off. It's so annoying. It's so bothersome, and I get that. It's meant to be annoying, you know. He's too hot-headed, and you're supposed to like be very mad at him for causing this. Mm-hmm. But it feels so convenient and so lazy that they. Anything else could have happened, but to have this character who knows the stakes literally smack the one chance away is just mind-bogglingly stupid of him that it almost doesn't make sense that it would ever happen. Yeah. And then Doctor Strange ends up giving him the time stone. Yeah. They're, which is super annoying. They do have like a brief fight after this, Yeah, which I just want to call it as... Probably my favorite action scene in the oh, movie. Really? Because, yeah, just seeing Stark draws blood off of him, and they go mano y mano, and the way that Stark's suit is like reallocating nanobots to make these sledgehammers and like heavy kicks and build a shield, and then when things start to get brutal and is getting bashed in the face, and he's like running out of nanobots to protect himself. He's got to, like, move it off of his midriff to protect his face. Ends up getting stabbed. Like, it's it seems really creative way to use this super suit. Yeah. I like it a lot. And also, Doctor Strange's magic, where he makes, like, you know, dozens of him, whips them all at once, and all that stuff. It's a really cool sequence, and it's way more desperate after he gets a gauntlet back. Uh, I like it a lot. But that's that. He gets the stone back. Uh, or he gets a gauntlet back. Phases away. Phases away, leaves the Avengers on Titan, and uh, we cut back to Wakanda. Where? We, Steve Rogers, Captain America, gets to reunite with the Winter Soldier right before Thanos comes through. Yeah, that's nice. Um, the thing with Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, joining the battle is that they were waiting for her to get on the field to attack Vision. Yeah. Um, so Vision is forced to get on the battlefield as well to escape the stone being captured. And uh, this is where it all comes to a head. You know, Thanos shows up. They're all trying to attack him and stop him, but he pretty effortlessly defeats them all. He's got, like, five stones. Yeah, he's, he's doing, like, weird shit. One thing that I guess it's a good move, because he has the reality stone. He could, when Falcon flies at him, he just kind of waves a power stone at him and he crumbles to the ground or whatever, defeated. Use the reality stone again, you know, turn him into bubbles. But they didn't want to ruin the seriousness, I guess. Like, remember when Drax was turned into cubes? Yeah. You don't, uh, you don't want to undercut this desperate moment by cubing someone, I guess. But it does make sense to me could incapacitate them totally. But I guess being waved at by the Power Stone would be incapacitating. Maybe. I don't know. You have all these reality-bending stones get weirder than just falling over. Turn them all into Domino's pizzas. Yes, pan pizzas. 
with chicken on them. Is that what we're having for dinner? It might be. We'll see. <laughs> okay, so one thing that really bothered me when Wanda finally agrees to kill Vision, she destroys his stone, and then Thanos like rewinds time. Yeah. Bullshit! Bullshit! You know. That bothered you? Yeah. Well, oh. it it bothered me on an emotional level because it's so fucked up. Do you feel that way about that, like I do about, um, like Quill smacking? It's probably more head? like how you felt about crashing a starship into the forge to make it start up again. Oh, okay, like what the hell, man? Like that shouldn't work. You know. Yeah, that's fair, and I feel like we're gonna get a lot more into the weeds with like time travel and stuff when Endgame comes around. Oh yeah. Because after a certain point, this movie is just like. It's magic stones. They do whatever they want, you know, <laughs> uh, which is fine. But yeah, one... that's true. Because all of Endgame is trying to find the time stone again, pretty much. Yeah. Spoilers. Okay. Wah, wah. So then he rips the stone out of Vision's forehead, yeah, which caves is his skull in. Devastating. And Wakanda, not Wakanda, Wanda mourns him, mm-hmm. and it's super sad. And then Thor comes in, he flies in, and he stabs Thanos in the chest. This is heartbreaking. Do you want to talk about this? Well, no. Take us home. Take us home. All right. So he gets Thanos, and it seems like a super powerful moment. But Thanos says, you should have gone for the head. Wow. And he snaps his fingers, because he has all six stones, and he teleports away. Yep. I, when he snaps, I really like the dream state of him seeing Gamora as a child. It's like, I did it what it cost everything, because specifically seems to be referring to he's only ever loved one thing, Gamora, even though he was like, you know, an abusive kidnapper, psychopath. In his view, this That's child love. is the only thing he he loved, and... He had to sacrifice it to meet his end goal. But um, he does it. And half of all life crumbles away. Yep. Super sad because we watch T'Challa when he's trying to get Okoye up. This is no place to die. Mm. Oh, God. The Spider-Man death is particularly... That's probably the most effective one. I think that's not controversial to say because they've got such a father-son relationship. And of all the characters who disappear, like, a lot of them are like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to die. But Peter, like, panicking and begging not to die and, like, Ugh. holding Tony Stark. It's it's really emotional and um, really tough, but really effective. We see Captain America say, oh, God, you know, they lost. And then cut to Thanos on his farm. Just looking over everything, uh, being pleased with his his work and credits. You know what a what an effective ending and super dour. But uh, really, if you're not familiar with the comics, it's probably fucked up, probably crazy. Like, oh my god, he won! You know what's gonna happen? But um, yeah, well, wanna give me your likes and dislikes? And well, we forgot to mention the post credit scene. Oh, I, we didn't even watch that. What oh, that's it? fine. It's Nick Fury. He's crumbling away. Oh, and he right. he sends out the signal to Captain Marvel. Yes. 
Yeah, good memory, um, which is important. But calls in Captain Marvel, and then after this Captain Marvel movie is released to the public, and then Endgame happens. We're not watching. We're not doing an episode on all these ones in between. We're just gonna watch Endgame. Yeah. Talk about Endgame. <laughs> be done with Marvel forever. What? Just well, we'll see. Uh, I, I have a new hankering to watch Guardians again. Yeah, me too. We'll I mean, see. they're definitely. We got some time. With the positives and negatives, Guardians characters are probably the funniest. Also, raise the most questions about is the humor too much for some? Uh, yeah, scenes? that's a good point. I like that point that you brought up. Uh, negatives. I don't really like the Scarlet Witch. So it's supposed to be super emotional, and it is super emotional. But if it had happened to a different character, maybe I'd care more. Because her plot, like her existence in the movie, isn't as important as... I guess even Peter Parker, because I thought it was super sad when Parker died. Yeah, and like plot-wise... I guess you could argue she's just as important as Captain America or Iron Man, but I never really was as invested. Probably just because I don't like the superhero as much as I like Iron Man and all that. But yeah, the uh, scenes and the construction, I just you have to appreciate the effort of having all of these characters and all of these events. Yeah, this movie has a lot of payoff. Yeah. And build up at the same time. It's it's two and a half hours, but which it's too long, but it's, it's good. Crazy long, but they they fill it all, and it's all easy to follow. You know, nothing nothing yeah. seems out of the blue. Another really, benefit is how easy this movie is to follow for sure. When we saw this movie in theaters, I don't know if you recall, but we were sitting next to that guy who kept oh. whispering whoever everyone was to his girlfriend. Yeah, like uh. <laughs> either he was being overly explanatory when not needed. Or he brought his girlfriend, who has never seen a single Marvel movie. Like, he was literally saying, that's Hulk. That's Doctor Strange. And I'm very, very proud of you for leaning over and asking him to be quiet. Um, Which they were, for the most part, after. But, Jesus. I, man, that's why we started going to Flick's Brewhouse. The most professional film house in all the land. Anyhow, any other last points you want to leave on before we rate this thing? Um, the CGI. So when, I don't know, it's only two years old and for the most part it's pretty impressive. But there are certain moments where it's like, that's CGI. Which is obvious because like there's no eight foot green men that you can cast to be Hulk. My least favorite part of CGI was at the very end where they're on Wakanda and we see Banner in the background in the Hulkbuster suit. It's so bizarre how he looks and it's like, how should he look? I don't know. But it is a really silly looking because he's just this tiny man in this massive suit of armor. I don't think he could make it look good. I almost wish they just left the helmet on uh, the Hulkbuster because... He looks ridiculous. It feels it feels like Mark Ruffalo's agents were like, well, we have all the heroes here. We're going to need their faces in. Mark Ruffalo's face needs to be in, you know, in the contract, exposure, whatever. But it looks bad. So I see which... Also, Thanos, like... The fact that there's so many bizarre planets, none of them are like, oh, this is a real place. I feel like this is grounded in reality. It feels like they are 
it's bored, it feels like almost watching an animated movie most of the time because I don't think they're in a spaceship. They're on Vormir. They're on uh, Hooberry. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're in this computer world, you know, and I don't know. There's just no way around that, in my opinion. When you're doing this stuff, it's never going to be real. But yeah, it it is pretty. Yeah, certainly pretty. You want to rate on three? Yeah, but then I have a caveat. Oh, let's. After important to give the rating until the caveat. Like yeah, important yeah. to give the rating and then the caveat, or can I hear the caveat now? Oh, well. No, let's give ratings. Okay. One, two, three, seven eight. and a half. Okay, I'll I'll meet you. And the reason I rate it so high is because it has pure entertainment value. Yeah. I would go lower because it doesn't have the same impact that like Parasite has or American History X has. Mm-hmm. It's just a good time. It's definitely, I agree 100%. And on top of that, like seven and a half might feel low. Like I'm torn on giving it that, but this movie isn't good because of what it is as a movie. It's good because of what it represents as like the culmination of this universe. Yes. You know, so like you say with Parasite or even Alien or something like that, it's good and entertaining as a movie this is so amazing because of its position at the end of a 23 movie series so and that's probably gonna go double for endgame we'll see but okay cool thanks for listening i know this one was long but uh yeah a lot to talk about all right bye bye i love you